BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Three Uber taxi ride horror stories story number one rapist taxi driver forces drugs on me and tries to stalk me by dryer fresh socks i'm a petite 24 year old female from the mainland of the u.s but this story takes place when i was 19 and living in oahu hawaii now the area i lived in was really, really ghetto. And being half-white, half-Guamanian, but light-skinned, I was the closest thing to a white person in the entire city I lived in. Whenever I told the local where I lived, they'd give me a funny look, like I was crazy or lying. This is relevant, I swear. So because where I lived had absolutely no jobs, and I was living with my Hawaiian cousins, who were all carless. I had to take two buses for an hour to get to work both ways. The day this happened, I was covering for a co-worker who had a family emergency, and it was a Sunday. I'd never worked a Sunday before, and this shift was also 2 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. No big deal. There's a bus stop right next to my work, and they run until midnight, right? Wrong. Buses stopped working at 10 p.m. on Sundays. So here I am, standing at a bus stop alone for about 40 minutes. Businesses all around me are closing. It's getting darker and darker. And I'm starting to panic. I'm completely alone, save for the occasional hooker and John wandering around and looking for dark alleys and crystal meth. Hawaii is fucking scary at night. Don't believe the paradise hype outside of Waikiki and North Shore. All of a sudden, some homeless, toothless meth head pops out of nowhere and says, Hey, Ali! Which is pretty much a bad word for a white person. The bus no run this late. You fucked. Start walking your skinny ass home. I realize how fucked I am. My neighborhood is seriously dangerous. So even if I did manage to walk home safely, there's no way I'm walking through Cam Park at night alone. It just isn't happening. I open my purse and check my wallet and find out that one of my cousins has indeed 
borrowed my last 50 bucks. But it was nice enough to leave me enough for the bus that isn't coming. Meaning, I can't even call a cab. Oh, and my phone is dead. Because there was some big shot general manager at my work today. So I wasn't allowed to charge my phone at the cashier station. And I didn't trust it being alone in the break room. As I'm internally having a fucking breakdown, a taxi cab pulls up in front of me, windows down. Sorry, dude. I'd love to have a ride, but I don't have any cash, I tell the taxi driver. He looks at me, looks around, and sighs. Oh, where you need to go? I can't leave you here now that I know that. I'll end up seeing you on the 5 o'clock news. I tell him my neighborhood, and he does a double take, then shrugs and emotions for me to get in the back. I'm so happy I ignore the foreboding feeling I have in the back of my mind. I have only been living here for two months, and my luck has been so shitty. Being robbed, jumped, tricked into stealing, you name it, it happened. And now I feel like my luck is finally changing. I hopped in the back seat, gave him my cross streets kinda near my house, and told him I'll get his number and pay him later. Everything is normal for the first 20 minutes of the ride. But then he starts asking me really weird questions. How old are you? Are you a virgin? You married? Do you carry a gun in that big purse? (laughs) I lie and tell him yes on the gun, starting to feel creeped out. He stops talking after that for a bit, until he notices he's almost out of gas. I look, he really is almost out. So we pull up to a gas station, but instead of parking next to a pump, he parks behind the building near a dumpster and says I'm going to pay for my gas and have a snack then I'll take you back I start to say something about needing to get home and he cuts me off you're riding for free let me eat my fucking snack I'm like oh okay and consider bolting when he comes back but I have no idea where we are or how to get home So instead, when he leaves, I reach into the front and unlock all the doors just in case. It was an older model car, so I knew they'd stay unlocked unless he manually locked them again. So then he comes back, empty-handed with no snack. And all I can think is, fuck, am I the snack? Fuck! He gets in the front seat, opens the middle console, and pulls out a fucking meth pipe, a baggie of meth, a weed pipe, some weed, and a lighter. (sighs) Let me have my snack, and then we can go. He packs the meth pipe, takes a few hits, and blows it at me. Then he starts passing it to me. I'm good for right now, thanks. He looks pissed, but puts it down and grabs the weed pipe and repeats the process. 
I'm like two seconds from bolting when he throws the car in reverse and leaves without pumping any gas. Now holding the method pipe again and taking occasional hits. What the fuck? I'm freaking out. This dude is driving like 70 miles per hour in a 30 lane, high as a fucking kite. But then, the scenery starts to look familiar. I realize we're like 5 minutes away from my house. I look over. Doors are still unlocked. Gotta think fast. His hands is slowly reaching for my knee. And he's looking right at me. Not at the road. And he's moaning like my thighs giving him the world's best orgasm. We're gonna have fun tonight, baby. I'll teach you how to take a dick. I tell him I'm not interested. And he just laughs. Your phone is dead. (laughs) Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters? We're in Kalihi, girl. His hand is still on my leg. And he takes a left. Away from the street I live on. I realize how fucked I am. But I'm oddly calm. I change my tactics. You know, problem is, if I don't check in, they'll come looking for me. I'm down to party, but I gotta check in first. I'm a little white girl, and if I don't come home, they'll go check my work, and my coworkers saw me leave with you. I don't want to get you in trouble. You know how white people are. I'm counting on the fact that he doesn't know that my family isn't white. I'm counting on the fact that he's high enough to not know I'm lying and I'm counting on the fact that he didn't see that all my co-workers were gone. He gives me a weird look then hands me the method pipe. Okay, Halle girl, let's party! I hold the pipe up to my lips wait for him to look towards the road and emulate what I saw him doing turning it side to side while lighting it. I produce a tiny bit of smoke, don't inhale, and immediately blow it out, hoping to God I don't get high, and I never have to explain why there's meth in my system if I do get high. You're fucking burning it! He gets pissed and grabs the pipe from me, wasting my fucking dinner. I'll show you how to do it right. He takes a hard right and realize he's headed for the cross streets I told him. My vision is a little fucked. Everything seems too bright, and my adrenaline starts to feel almost euphoric. Fuck, am I high? Fuck. The street I live on is wrapped around a hill, easily a mile wide, and the cross streets I gave him are about a quarter mile from my house. As we get close to the cross streets, He slows down, asking me what house it is. I lie and say I can't tell and ask if he can slow down. It's so dark and I just moved there and all the houses look the same, plus I was high. He obliges and slows down to 5 miles per hour and I make a break for it, swinging the door open and jumping out of the still moving car. I feel like I'm fucking flying as I hit the dirt of the sidewalk and crab walk until I get to my feet. 
Then I break out in a run. I probably looked like a fucking lunatic, arms going everywhere, but I didn't care at all, nor did I bother looking back. The oldest cousin I lived with was 39, male, and built like a fucking Samoan. If I could just get to my house, everything would be okay. That was all I could think. Plus, because he turned, we had actually passed my house, so he would have to drive to the next driveway and turn around, because it was a narrow street. Plus, he was at the bottom of the hill, so he wouldn't be able to see which house I was in. I didn't see the headlights, so I figured that was a good sign. Finally, I ran into my front yard, unlocked the front door, relocked it, and slid down to the floor, a shaking, crying mess. I went to the front window and peeked out. No one on the street. No cabbie. Nothing. I was safe, I thought. I ended up not telling anyone what happened, because I always got the same lecture when something bad happened to me. You were acting like some stupid little college white girl. If you were smarter, yada yada yada. But everything seemed okay. I started working day shifts only, avoided being alone or ever at that bus stop. Life went on. About a week later, I noticed a black car with tinted windows parked a few houses down from my house. Figured it was a neighbor's friend and brushed it off. Only, it was there the next day too. And the next. And the next. I finally asked one of my cousin's sons, who was about 17 years old, if he'd seen it. He said it showed up around 6 o'clock every day, which is usually the time I would get home from work. I started freaking out. Finally, I broke down and told my giant cousin what happened. Surprisingly, he didn't lecture me. He only felt bad that I felt that I couldn't come to him for support and apologized for writing me so hard about being from the mainland. And he said he'd deal with the black car. The next day, my cousin's son picked me up from the bus stop near the house on his moped. We noticed a black car following us, but acted like we didn't. We pulled up to the house, and as soon as the black car parked, out came my Samoan-built, muscle-bound cousin with a metal baseball bat, taking practice swings as he approached the car. It reversed halfway down the street, hit a fence, jumped a curb, turned around in the front yard, and was never seen again. Story number two. My Uber driver is creeping me out by Sierra. Everything that has happened since I got a ride from an Uber driver has been just plain fucking weird. I'm just going to start with the Uber ride. My car is being worked on, so I've been using Uber a lot lately. Last week I ordered an Uber to meet up with some friends downtown for dinner and then drinks after. 
The little picture that popped up for my driver was a middle-aged balding man named Greg. Greg had a five-star rating. He looked harmless enough, and I can defend myself pretty well for a 5'3", 120-pound, 23-year-old female if something were to go wrong, which I wasn't worried about since Uber does background checks and whatnot. The wait time said 7 minutes, so I double-checked I had all my things and plopped on the couch to wait. My phone buzzed at me. Unknown number. 2606 West Lloyd Ave. I guess this was Greg texting me from the app, confirming my location. Yep, that's me. I puffed on my e-cig and watched the Uber map as this Chevy Impala inched closer to my address. I saw him arriving and hauled my bag over my shoulder, locking the door behind me. My roommate was still at work for the next few hours. The Greg in the car was the Greg in the photo. He opened the passenger door for me from his side. I used to sit in the back with male drivers for safety reasons, but I've taken Ubers enough since then to not be concerned anymore. I got in the front and hefted my bag into the back seat. This guy had the kind of voice you'd hear on the radio, loud and blunt, but he wasn't unfriendly. He wasn't very conversational either. I felt like I had to force a convo in order to avoid an eight-minute awkward session until I got to my destination. We came up on an intersection about halfway there, and he started chuckling. Heh. <laughs> I awkwardly huffed with him, unsure of what was funny. See that house over there? He pointed to a white house on the corner across the intersection. Yeah? Ever heard of Fred Garland? No. The Northside Rapist back in the 80s. There's a book on him. That was the house he hid the dildo in and used to scare women. I was thinking, what the fuck? Weird, but alright. I gave a fake, <laughs> again, and looked out on the window. You should really read that book. I've got an extra copy of it. I responded that I could probably find it at the library or used bookstore, but thanked him for the offer. We got to my destination. I thanked him and got out of the car. I tipped him one dollar and gave the ride four stars. He had strange conversation starters, but it could have been worse, right? I didn't think much of it after I had my night out. A friend gave me a ride home that night, and I fell sound asleep after a little TV. Fast forward about three days, I receive a package on my front step. The return address reads the name, Greg Co. I thought for a second, but didn't recognize it. Not until I opened it. It was a book called Fred Garland, The Story. I realized this must have been from the Uber driver. I hadn't received a ride from him since that night when I went out. 
I felt a little bit uncomfortable about the situation now. I had one ride with this guy, and he's sending me books about rapists. I tried to brush it off, but I had this lingering heaviness in the back of my skull that wouldn't go away. I told my roommate and the boyfriend about it, and both agreed that it was weird. To get even creepier, I received a text from that number yesterday before I got off work. It was Greg. It read, Will you be needing a ride after work today? There's no way this guy could know where I work and what my schedule is unless he's followed me somehow. I've been using Uber and public transit to get around, but I obviously know his car and haven't noticed it while I've been out of the house. I replied with a quick, no thanks, and used a lift to go home after work. A few hours after I got home last night, he texted me again, but from a different number. It's Greg. Did you get the book? I didn't respond. I'm not at the point of contacting police, because what are they going to do? But I'm starting to feel really violated and concerned about my safety. I think I'm going to stay at my boyfriend's tonight. I'm going to use Lyft again just in case. I'll keep you guys posted if you want to know more. Here's an update. Guys, things just got weirder. I'm at work and my boss calls me into his office and asks me if I know a Greg. I go a little pale and ask him why. Turns out, this guy emailed my fucking work and asked if I need a ride tonight when I'm off. The email reads, Hi there, I'm just wondering if Sierra will need a ride after work tonight. Here's my number, Greg. As I said before, this dude should not know where I work. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm at a 12 in freak out mode right now. I'm calling my boyfriend to pick me up tonight. I'm wondering if this guy looked me up on Facebook and saw where I work. Although I do have that information set to friends only in my privacy settings. Anyway, I contacted Uber to let them know all about it. Uber got back to me with this email. Hi Sierra, thank you for submitting your complaint with us online. I am very disappointed that you are experiencing these problems with one of our drivers. We never want you to feel uncomfortable and it is against our policy for a driver to use your personal information for purposes other than contacting you about your ride. Our team is reviewing the information you gave us and we are following up with Greg immediately. As soon as your case is investigated, I will send you a follow-up email letting you know our decision on the matter. Again, I am very sorry that you are dealing with this. In the meantime, please take advantage of a free ride up to $15 on us to help make it up to you. It will be credited to your account. If there's anything else I can do for you, please don't hesitate 
to reply to this email. I've been using Lyft since the Greg situation to try and avoid him. Giving me $15 won't let them off the hook. I mean, what if he's doing this to other girls? Story number three. The Uber driver who wasn't an Uber driver. By my own guitar hero. Sharing this experience from literally last night. Because A. It's creepy as hell. At least for me. And B. I want people to learn from my experience. This is a precautionary tale. I understand that this was my fault. But maybe if I can help one person by telling my story. It's worth it. I don't drink as a general rule. But once a month or so. I'll go out with friends and binge. My friends and I had a great night at a bar in the city, and they left. I was chatting it up with a cute guy, so I decided to stay. I went back to his place, and let's just say it wasn't very satisfying. I was then ready to head home, so I called an Uber to pick me up. I don't know where I am. I know the city I'm in but not the exact location. I order the Uber, but it's taking forever. Requesting, requesting, requesting. So I cancel it and try again. Pretty soon a car pulls up. I drunkenly mumble something like this. Is this Uber? And I hop in. Mistake. Ubers apparently are supposed to have some kind of marking on the vehicle. The guy pulls away and starts driving. We're chatting. I'm fumbling for a cigarette. And the next thing I notice is that we're headed on the highway, but in the opposite direction of where I thought we needed to drive. And we're going a solid 90 miles per hour. Then, I get a call from my Uber driver. He's there, and I'm not because I'm in the car with a fucking nutcase. I start texting my friend frantically, counting off the mile markers for her. Then I realize that that's going to do Jack, because she's probably drunk too. So I call 911, but I realize that this guy is crazy. He's refusing to let me out of the car, so I've got to do it on the sly. It's been 40 minutes now, And I'm terrified. I don't know where I am. I don't know who this is. We're driving at over 100 miles per hour. Weaving in and out of traffic. This guy is trying to get me to hang up my phone call. Yo, get off the phone. The fuck are you calling? Better not be a snitch. And also smoking pot. So I don't want to do anything that might provoke a violent reaction from him. I start chatting to the 911 dispatcher as if it's my friend, praying that they'll catch on. Hey girl, it's me. Yeah, I'm with someone right now. We're driving past this highway exit. No, sweetie, it's not my Uber. I thought it was, but it's not. It's a shame you can't come and meet me and bring friends. Thanks, sweet baby Jesus. The operator catches on. He gets me to stay on the phone while he sends cops 
and we develop a code. If I see cops, I'm supposed to casually put my hand out the window, which looks semi-normal because I'm smoking a cigarette. We pull into some random little housing complex, and he busses out some powder and forms two lines. I now have confirmation that he does drugs, which means he's probably emotionally volatile. I relay this to the operator in code. Oh girl, I wish you were here right now. This guy just busted out the coke. You'd love it. He's taking a real big bump. Pretty soon, I can see the lights from the cop cars, so I start waving my hand out the window. At this point, I don't care if he's on to me or not. I don't know if he has a weapon, but I slump down in my seat just in case things get hot. The cop surrounds us, gets him out of the car, and then, once it's safe, they extricate me as well. They whisk me to the hospital for a drug test and evaluation, and that's where my story ends. On my way to the hospital, as I'm explaining this all to the officer, I find out that other guys 40-ish years on this earth, he's been in federal prison for 30 of them for violent offenses. I want people to learn from my mistakes, and if nothing else, call 911 and stay on the line.